0: Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is Felicity Curtin, who is a nutritionist at Woolworths. And I'm super excited to learn all about what's involved in a role like this. And it's such a pleasure to have you here today, Felicity. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Let's start by talking about how you got interested in the health space and how your journey progressed.
1: Oh, well... Honestly, it was always going to be nutrition for me. Like I, my earliest memories is spending time with my mum, cooking and preparing food and going to the supermarket. Growing up, like I was the youngest of three. And so there was a couple of years where it was just my mum and me. And my favourite thing to do was to go food shopping, ironically, (laughs) you know, going to the supermarket. Um, And she would really involve me in like weighing up vegetables and like talking to me about what foods were. So I think that's probably where my interest began and always loved food and cooking. Food tech was my favourite subject at school and health and human development. And not only the practical side, like I loved cooking, but also the like the theory side of food tech. I think, you know, looking back, I graduated from high school more than 10 years ago, but I feel as though, you know, it was a pretty good program in that we learned, of course, all about cooking and food science, but also about, things like public health nutrition and so that probably is where my interest was really spurred on. Yeah. So probably from the age of maybe 14 or 15 I knew I wanted to be a dietitian yeah. but I also knew that chemistry wasn't my sp- strong point <laughs> yeah. so I knew it was going to be probably not the most straightforward finish school go to uni become a dietitian sort of a, um, a path. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, I'm going to study food science and nutrition and then I'm going to do my master's in dietetics. Yep. So essentially that's what I did. Um, but I think, you know, my path from thinking I want to be a dietitian began probably in thinking I'm going to be a dietitian, I'll do a few years working in a hospital and then I'll work in private practice. Yeah. And that's what I sort of started out thinking. But as I went through my undergrad probably that's still what I thought. And like I was really interested in learning about public health. And I particularly remember sitting in lectures with amazing Mark Lawrence, who's a really um, impressive public health nutritionist and hearing about incredible initiatives like um, folic acid fortification in our food supply and like really influential public health initiatives. So probably then I sort of started to shift my thinking in terms of where I would end up working. Yep. But then, by the time I'd started studying dietetics, I'd sort of expanded my network and met nutritionists and dietitians that were working in more sort of like nutrition communications and food industry type roles. And I guess that just expanded my view of where I could end up working and possibly the number of people that I could indirectly be impacting as opposed to working one-on-one with people. So by the time I started studying dietetics I knew that I was not going to end up working in a hospital or private practice. I still you know enjoyed that aspect of placement and got through that (laughs) but I was pretty certain that where I wanted to work was in a more um, public health sort of role so working in public health or nutrition communications and food industry. So yeah. that was, I, I've always been pretty sure of that. Mm-hmm. And once I finished studying, I studied at La Trobe, my master's in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, my first role was with the Dietitians Association up in Canberra. Oh, so cool. that was my first move from Melbourne up to Canberra. And I my role was media and marketing dietitian, which was amazing. Like I still just look back so fondly on that role and that time you know, being really independent and moving out from home and moving up to Canberra. Yeah. So that was an amazing experience to kind of, um, again, like just meet so many amazing dietitians just by virtue of the role, being connected with lots of people um, Mm -hmm. in the membership, Um, but also really um, gave me an appreciation of communicating with everyday Australians because my role was essentially, uh, I was the media liaison between journalists and um you know key messages that we then communicate either through daa or um through our media trained spokespeople so that was that was a huge huge learning curve in terms of understanding how to frame um messaging around often complex nutrition topics into user friendly sort of um, messages and also learning skills around like risk management and um and all sorts of, you know, working to timelines and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and so then after that, for a couple, I worked there for a couple of years and then made my next move up to Sydney. So my next role was with the Grains and Legumes Nutrition Council, oh, cool. which was sort of moving in a more public health kind of role.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Loved that. Um, and that sort of gave me more of an appreciation for like food regulations and working with the food industry. And also research, which was a real turn of events. Like I never, ever imagined that I would be writing um, research papers. But that's something I'm really proud of, that over a couple of years or two and a half years of working at GLNC, I uh, was co-author on a number of papers that were published in international journals. So
0: that
1: that was really cool. Um, And then that sort of led me to where I am now. So in January, I started my role as nutritionist at Woolies, which... I'm absolutely loving and although the past six months have been working from home in this crazy global pandemic times, Mm -hmm. um, it's been really, really rewarding and I'm super happy to be where I am now today.
0: Yeah, what cool jobs you've had. It's so interesting hearing about those previous two and how you've evolved and ended up here at Woolies and Yeah, so interesting and they all sound like so beneficial in their own way and you've been involved in such cool things like that research and, yeah, the media and the communications. You've seen a lot of different angles of the nutrition and public health space,
1: which would be so fascinating and really help to grow your skill set. Yeah, definitely. And I also think like looking back, um, you know, there's something to be said for being sort of flexible in the way that you view where you'll land next because I think when I finished uni I thought I love nutrition communications I was really into writing and you know media stuff and I was all about building connections and trying to like be featured in different websites and that sort of thing but as the years went on I actually then grew really interested in different aspects as I said through GLNC I gained this huge appreciation for um, public health and you know we submitted lots of submissions in terms of like changing the food standards code and being involved with different government initiatives. Um, So I think there's areas that I grew interested in and grew skills in that perhaps at the beginning I didn't really see myself being so keen on. So I think, you know, you really just have to keep open-minded and see where life takes you.
0: Absolutely. And it's even about saying yes to opportunities that you might not necessarily think is for you, but you might learn so much or it might point you in a direction you do want to go or show you what you don't want to do. So there's so much benefit from your yeah, collecting experience and seeing where it takes you. 100%, I so agree. Yeah. So with your job at Woolworths, let's start from the beginning. How did you go about finding this job um, and getting it? <laughs>
1: oh, well, how did I go about finding it and getting it? I actually, um, I met my now boss at a um at a nutrition event nutrition sort of networking event yep. and it was just through a conversation that I found out that the role would be available yeah and as soon as as soon as I heard that I thought oh my goodness this sounds amazing <laughs> it just sounds so amazing and it's not often that roles come up in the retail space like it is wow. um, it's there's not too many roles in this space so I just thought this is such a rare opportunity. I'm so interested to learn more about it. (laughs) So I I did, I learned as much as I could about the role and really thought about it because I did love my previous role. But at the end of the day, I just thought I need to apply for this, see what happens. Um, And I did. So after a few months, it was, you know, reasonably lengthy interview process. After a few months, I got the role. So yeah i think that again like there's something to be said for reaching out and talking to your network because yeah yeah, i think back and if i hadn't have been at that event and had that conversation with my manager i may not have ended up applying for the role so it was quite um, serendipitous
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely that's so cool how it all worked out that way and it could have ended up opposite where you didn't even know it was a thing or you didn't hear about it yeah, right place, right time, and it yeah, really shows that importance of networking, which is something that mm-hmm. often comes up in these episodes, just, yeah, the amazing opportunities that come about through the people you know. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so the application and the interview process, as you mentioned, it was quite long. Was it quite a hard process, and what would be some tips for someone who is going for a job with such a big company um, in succeeding in getting that role?
1: I think you know just the same as for any role it's all about doing your research so really understanding the company the role the team um and also in in a space like retail it really is all about innovation and insight so having an understanding of um you know in the health space what that company is doing currently what they could be doing what Um, other companies are doing and also globally what's happening because I think that it's so key in a food industry role to be passionate and interested in innovation because um, ultimately everything we do is customer-led so we need to be understanding what customers are interested in and how we can then meet those needs so I think that anyone interested in this sort of role it's key to be just really well researched and to understand how you can Um, really answer some of those pain points and be an asset to the team Um, but I think as well like thinking back to my interview process something that something that I really appreciated is that there was so many of the questions were just really simply related to what this role entails so it was a lot of situations how would you how would you react in this situation Um, and So I think that, again, is where it's just so important to understand as much as possible what that role involves and what knowledge and skills you would need to succeed in that role and to really think very, very deeply about examples that you can then provide in that interview space and questions you can ask, because it's so important to be interested and to ask lots of questions to show that you really want it. Yeah. That's something that's so important.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's brilliant advice. I remember when I was reading up on like interview tips back in the day when I was applying for work and yeah, one of the things that really stood out to me was never go to an interview without questions, because exactly what you said, like you want to show that you're interested, you want to show that you're eager to learn and know more about that business. And you really want to be there not just going because I need a job.
1: Like, yeah, Yeah, it needs to be a two way street. I think the interview process yeah. And it's also an opportunity to then um, you know have time to think about other scenarios that you could then bring in to just build that conversation so yeah, yeah there's so so much so much that you can look up like it's a job in itself applying for jobs <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very big process and I, I very much remember especially finishing uni doing so many mock interviews and funnily enough you know it's kind of it's, it's really funny thinking about it now because everything we do at the moment is through like video calls as we're doing right now. But yeah. I remember when I graduated from uni, funnily enough, most of the jobs that I applied for were interstate. And mm-hmm. I think I think that I would have done a couple of Skype interviews and a phone interview. And that was like six years ago. So yeah. it's, it's like we've come full circle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's always video interviews. <laughs> exactly. We've got no choice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, how funny. Amazing. And so you spoke a little bit about how you looked into what was involved in that role. Um, So how about now we talk about what you actually do there and what are those um, different aspects of your current role?
1: Yeah, for sure. So basically my role uh, as nutritionist is to support the marketing team. So I'm involved across the whole stage of any kind of food or health related marketing campaign that might be in our Fresh magazine, or it could be online and social media, TV or in-store. And basically my role is to make sure that any sort of communications around health and nutrition is credible, legally compliant and responsible. So this this could be wording, but it also also could be images and recipes. So really making sure that all of those aspects align with, firstly, our internal guidelines um, and targets but also um, national legislation. So, for example, things like the Food Standards Code um, or government targets and even things like um, responsible marketing to children initiatives. So that's a lot of what I do. um, And it is working with many, many different stakeholders and teams. But as well as that, I support our senior nutritionist, Mm -hmm. Beck, in her work which is mainly centered around working with our product development team in in own brands so our food products and that's a really exciting part because basically we play a role in making our foods healthier so and also it's exciting because you know we get to be involved in that really innovative exciting process of creating new food products that our customers want So. Um, yeah it's it's really fun and really exciting and Yeah, and we we play a big role because we do have internal nutrition targets and also, you know, we align with external targets that are set by the government. So for example, um, food and health dialogue and now the Healthy Food Partnership, um, and then also initiating um, programs like the Health Star rating system. So that's also another big part of what our team does um, and our senior nutritionist leads that aspect, but I also play a support role there. Um, And then finally, the third part of my role is advocating internally for um, nutrition. So sort of creating health advocates across the business. So that's sort of a smaller part because, um, you know, I suppose like the first two sides are the main, like the bulk of my work. But also there is um, definitely uh, a priority to promote health throughout business because, That's what we're all about. We want to make sure that health is on everybody's mind at Woolies. So there's definitely an aspect of creating content to share across our teams, which you can imagine there's so many people at Woolies. So if we can sort of plant that seed in one person's mind each day, that's definitely a win.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it goes on to have such a ripple effect because as a supermarket, they're huge. Everyone shops at supermarkets. So the impact you can have on spreading that healthy message is so beneficial in such a large scale.
1: So that's incredible. 100% and that I think I've felt for quite some time has what, that's what's attracted me to working in a role like this and in general in the food industry role because while I have so much respect for my colleagues that work one-on-one with patients, I feel that I, that scares me so much whereas I feel really empowered and um, capable of working behind the scenes. To okay. try and make that little difference that over time snowballs and creates a big health difference for the population.
0: Yeah, amazing. So tell us a little bit about what the day to day would look like um, doing all those things. I hate to be that cliche and say no. To <laughs> <end of> <laughs> yeah. Thing, Every yeah, time I, I ask the good. question, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a no typical day, but <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to ask
1: it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For me like definitely I'm a creature of habit in that I start the day by scouring through the news and understanding <clears throat> what's happening in Australia and also globally in terms of um, you know if there's different government announcements relating to food and nutrition or you know like recently we found out there'd be a new dietary guidelines revision which is super exciting after quite some time a new Australian health survey like that sort of thing really excites me <laughs> but um as well as that you know searching through LinkedIn and different news sites to understand if there's new research that might be interesting to our teams and influential to share around yep so always I start the day by understanding what's going on in terms of research and trends and news mm-hmm. but then You know, aside from working on long-term projects, like we've also always got some long-term projects in the works, my day is really dependent on what requests come through because, as I said, playing a support role to the marketing team, various different teams, means that I get many, many different requests each day to review content. So, as I said, it could be recipes or it could be articles or... Um, different advertising campaigns. So it's yep. a lot of reviewing content and working with the teams to build and develop health and food related content that we feel is really useful for our customers mm-hmm. and also that aligns with our internal guidelines and other legislation. So it's a lot of a lot of really um, Yeah, like really intense reviewing content and, and putting forward suggestions and working with teams to come up with solutions So it's a lot of problem solving, but it's never, there's never a dull moment. It's always lots of fun.
0: Yeah, sounds like it would be, definitely. And it sounds like it would be good because it's like that team environment. You're working with multiple different teams and different people. Um, And that sort of leads into, tell us a little bit about the nutrition team. Um, Is there a big team, a small team? What does that look like?
1: We are, we're not an enormous team. I feel like we're kind of, um, We do a lot for the small-ish team that we are. So uh, we have our head of health and nutrition, Stevie Ring, and she's a nutritionist and she's amazing. And then there's our senior nutritionist, Beck Williams, who, as I said, she supports our product development team and really works towards making our own brand portfolio healthier over time. Then there's myself. And then we also have a health and sustainability communications manager who works across multiple teams to really spread those messages and to try and amplify our health and nutrition and also sustainability wins. So that's really our team where like now that I think about it, there's only four of us, um, but we we do a lot. And then we, uh, apart from that, we are a part of more broadly the quality, health and sustainability team. Uh, And I have to say, like, you know, every team meeting, I'm just blown away by the big brains that we (laughs) that I have the privilege of hearing from in terms of great projects that are being worked on behind the scenes. So it's a really cool team to be a part of.
0: Yeah, it would be such an important team, too. So tell us a little bit about what it looks like when it comes to having that support role in helping with the product development, because that sounds like a really fun thing to do.
1: (laughs) It's really fun. Yeah. So I suppose... There's always appetite to be creating new exciting products, yep. and also to be making healthier products, which is you know we're in a good space because, as I said, we are a customer led business. you know mm-hmm. we we want to be creating foods and products that our customers um, are asking for and want and and like, and we're in a good place in in the world in that health and nutrition are definitely Uh, that's that's what people want so it's sort of that is a helpful thing for us that our customers are already asking for healthier food so it helps our cause and so a lot of what we do is working with our product developers to figure out ways that we can improve the nutrition of products but still maintain that that taste that our customers love Mm -hmm. and then as well as that as I mentioned there are external nutrition reformulation targets that are set by the government. So for example, the Healthy Food Partnership Program. And so a lot of the time it is working through with the teams to explain why these targets are set You know, why it is that that there's targets set to reduce the sodium in bread, for example, and also looking at how we can do that and how we can be innovative to still create a product that tastes good and maintains all of those sensory characteristics, Mm -hmm. but still is a healthier product for our customers. So it's a lot of um, problem solving and negotiation, good communication to come up with a solution that sort of hits all of those um, targets. So, yeah, it's a it's a really fun process. And then mm-hmm. at the end of that, you know, it's quite a lengthy process. But at the end of all of that, seeing that product on the shelf is really rewarding, too.
0: Yeah, it would be so cool. Like walking down the aisles and being like, oh, I helped make that.
1: <laughs> exactly. that's right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. Um, and so have you seen a real increase in the interest of healthy products?
1: I think so. And, you know, we we also conduct research. Um, through customer research to understand what people are interested in. Yep. I think, you know, COVID has been an interesting time in that anecdotally and through customer research as well, it's sort of been a bit of a split, I think, in terms of for some people, health and nutrition has become much more front of mind. And obviously there's that that push and the ability to cook at home more often and to really focus on health. But then for other people, I think there's also been that, you know, it's just so easy to kind of uh, let those healthy habits slide. So mm-hmm. it's such a tricky time, I think, to really make predictions about how everything's going to end up. But overall, I think particularly that that interest in home cooking, yeah. whether it's through not having a choice to go out to restaurants or just having a bit more time and interest to be able to learn those skills, I think mm-hmm. that that is going to be one of the positives that really will come out of this time. Because certainly we know that people that cook at home more often eat more veggies and whole grains and all the good things. So that I think is a real opportunity. And that's something that we're trying to focus a lot on is what sort of opportunities can come out of this global pandemic that we can put into advocating and promoting good health and home cooking for Australians in general.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Such a good initiative. So what would you say are some of the key skills needed in your role?
1: I think first, of course, you know, it's so important to have those hard skills that we learn at uni. So obviously the nutrition knowledge yep. and also, you know, some skills that possibly or definitely we really don't learn very much about it at uni, which is more the food regulation side of things. Yep. And that is having a really, really thorough understanding of the food standards code and legislation that guide food labels what we can put on a food label what we can legally say about food health claims and all of those um, sorts of things that are super important working in a food business yeah so all of those hard skills are really key but equally important I think are those soft skills based around communication because yep. every day in this area we work with so many different stakeholders and often it is about trying to negotiate and come up with a solution that might not be exactly what that stakeholder is pushing for, but still um, is legally compliant, but also hits the, the nail on the head in terms of what our customers want. So really, you know, key communication skills and negotiation, Yeah. but also having a bit of commercial savvy and understanding of things like risk management and opportunity, because, you know, certainly working in um, a retail space, there's always going to be risk involved if we're making claims. So it is about trying to understand um, what sort of, what could or how could the average customer view what kind of content we're putting out there? So really being big picture and having a broad understanding of um, what's what communications can be, how they can be perceived. Yeah. And I think as well it's really, really important and something I've appreciated over the past um, or over the time I've worked at Woolies is really understanding your network and how to reach out and build relationships. Yeah. Firstly to, I mean, as we've discussed, like it's so important to have a strong network, but also because there are so many areas of expertise that we, we can't be experts in everything. So it's about understanding who you can call on for advice and both within our nutrition network and even broader than that. I think it's really, really useful to have a network that you can call on for advice. Yeah, Um, But also, I think the third area that's really important in terms of skill in retail space or in food industry is just purely having passion and interest and excitement in the area. Um, As I've said, like research and consumer insights guide so much of what we do. So I think it is really, really important to have that hunger and drive to learn more and to understand what's happening internationally To sort of guide what we might work towards. So all of those things and keeping abreast of what's happening in the health and nutrition space at a policy level, I think all of those things are really important. And naturally, if you want to work in the area, I think most people would have an interest in that anyway.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Do you find there is a lot of ongoing learning? Like it sounds like you would be learning heaps in your role.
1: So much. And I think that's that's the case in general for whatever role you're in, but Definitely. You know, every role that I've been in, I've learned skills that I never imagined, but particularly working in the current role that I'm in, as I've said, the food standards code has become my Bible. (laughs) I refer to that every day and um, definitely learning more about food regulations has made me feel so much more confident in the advice that I'm able to give and an understanding of, um, you know, why we can say what we can and, all of that sort of thing. So definitely, like, I've learned so much. It's really cool to think back on and reflect.
0: Yeah, amazing. If anyone did want to go look more into some of those skills you were talking about, like the food regulations and standards, what's the best place to start?
1: Yeah, really good question. And I think we're sort of in a really good space at the moment to learn more because online learning has never been more easy to access. Yeah. So I think... The first place to look is at all the amazing webinars that are available through platforms like Dietitian Connection, Dietitians Australia, and even Education and Nutrition, which is a really fantastic website that's got all kinds of professional development webinars and um, different resources. And in particular, there is a great webinar on Education and Nutrition about food regulations and the Food Standards Code, and that talks in depth and uses lots of examples to show you know where companies may have gone wrong and the right way to go about things so that was something that really helped me in starting my role yeah um, but as well as that i think from a food insights perspective um signing up to different websites like australian food news um, and looking into uh, different subscription platforms like mintel and new nutrition business is really fantastic insights to understand um, trends, you know, what customers and consumers are interested in and predictions for what kinds of food trends we might expect in the future. I think those are really, really helpful. Um, And also, you know, signing up to Fizans to get updates on uh, changes to the Food Standards Code or different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Those will probably be my top things. And I think, yeah, subscribing and getting updates to different websites is really valuable. Yeah. also, Food Legal is a great website to sign up for updates because that um, that too has lots of really, really valuable content.
0: Yeah, those sounds like some brilliant resources. Lots of research to do now. <laughs> yeah. um, so what would you attribute your success to to date? Because it sounds mm-hmm. like you're doing amazing things in your career and you've had some great roles. And what would you say that comes down to?
1: Thank you, firstly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... I think I've always been quite open-minded in terms of where I'm heading. Um, As I said, you know, I, when I finished uni, I moved into state. And so I suppose like I had the privilege and the luxury of being able to put my career first, you know, I didn't, I still don't have any, any dependents. So I am really cognizant of the fact that that's been a privilege that I can just decide to. Pack my car up and move into state. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that that was a real, that was something that definitely helped the fact that I was very open minded to be quite picky in terms of the roles that I took because I was willing to move for them. So I think being open minded, but also, um, op- yeah, being open minded and flexible in terms of where I where I would head for that role I think that has been a big part of it um and and also being open-minded in terms of what I was searching for because I wasn't tied to a particular role or a particular title I was pretty open in terms of the roles that I was looking for I just knew the general area that I wanted to be in and the impact that I'd be able to have yeah um And as well as that, I've worked hard. You know, like you can't downplay hard work. I think um, that's a really important aspect. But really being open-minded and flexible, I think is super important to succeeding in whatever area you choose to work in.
0: Yeah, incredible. And now a quick question about books for you. If you could recommend one book for the listeners to read, what would it be and why?
1: Okay, so I at the risk of being a complete um, professional development nerd, my book recommendation would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by by, um, Dale Carnegie, which is such a great book that stands the test of time. I I think it was published probably in like the 1920s or something. Oh, wow. Um, But it is an amazing book that basically covers, through lots of anecdotes and examples of people, uh, ways to interact mm-hmm. to win friends and influence people, basically. So there's some great quotes that I think of quite often from that book. Things like, "It's better to be interested than to be interesting," mm-hmm. um, and just you know different little tips in terms of how to negotiate and to um, build relationships and influence. Which I think that all of the learnings from that book can be applied to any career path, yeah. and. I just, um, I can see it in my bookshelf and I feel like it's it's pretty ratty, which kind of says that it's well loved. But it's also one that has stood the test of time for me because I am a real minimalist and I don't really collect books. I've got a Kindle, but that one has traveled with me from Melbourne to Canberra to Sydney. So it's one that I really love and I would recommend (laughs) anybody to read because it's really quite amazing. I think it was also updated a few years ago to reflect sort of like the, the modern age and I think that there's a newer version called like how to win friends and influence people in the digital age and it mm-hmm. talks about like text language and email manner because all of those things can really impact, you know, how you come across and the relationships that you build. So yeah. um, that's, I think, an area that's super important, communications and how you interact with people. Yeah. And something that I am always loving to learn more about
0: yeah, it's funny you say that book because I've had that on my bookshelf for so long and I've never picked it up to read it. I sort of I love buying books and I read so many books, but sometimes yeah. like, through the cracks and that's been one of them. But now that's motivated
1: motivated me Have to read, that. I'd be really interested to hear what you think. As I said, it's yeah. it's interesting because it was written a really long time ago, and yeah. so a lot of the examples that I used. Um, I mean, they're out of date in terms of the way that people lived and interacted, but at the same time, the advice I think still stands so true today, and it just shows mm-hmm. that there's there's just basic ways that you can interact and and talk to your peers that can really really impact your success and your influence so I'd love to hear what you think of that book (laughs) yeah I will keep you posted
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to reading that now (laughs) it might be an afternoon (laughs) activity (laughs) awesome so in health and nutrition we're in the business of helping other people what do you do to take care of your own health and well-being
1: oh self-care is so so important to me like I really I'm unashamedly indulgent in (laughs) self-care I think like for sure, sleep is super important to me. I need my eight hours and my friends, all of my friends know that if they text or call me after 8.30, like forget about it. I'm not going to answer. I'm in bed. So <laughs> I need a lot of sleep. Um, uh, and exercise, you know, like exercising every day in some way, I think is so important for mental health, like being clear headed and just taking some time for yourself. Yeah, But also, of course, eating well. For me, it is self-care to be organized and to spend time planning meals and making sure that there's lots of healthy food available throughout the week. And I think that's just as much about nourishing my body, but also feeling secure that I've got lots of delicious, healthy food ready for me. That's Those are really important to me. Mm-hmm. But I think as well, for me living interstate from my friends and family who are all in Melbourne, yep. keeping connected is also a form of self-care. So I try probably at least once a day to connect with people back at home, particularly throughout what we're doing at the moment. Yep. Um, so I'd say that's also another form of self-care is just keeping connected to people. And that's never been more important ever <laughs> than yeah. what it is. At the
0: moment. Yeah, absolutely. They're all brilliant and important ways. Very nice. Awesome. So this has been such a good episode. So insightful. I feel like I've learned so much about you and your role and all the amazing things that you're doing. Is there anything we haven't covered that you want to touch on today before we finish? Or is there any parting words of advice and wisdom for
1: the listeners? I think what I would like to say is just that we're in the best, best industry. Like nutrition is so, so empowering and exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think that this podcast is an example of the fact that there's room for everyone in nutrition and ultimately we're all working towards the same goal which is to empower Australians to live healthier lives so let's do more of this just like lifting up our colleagues and celebrating the fact that we're in such a cool industry so I think I just want to end on that positive note that there's so much so much exciting stuff in the future for us working in nutrition
0: yeah I could not agree more with that And where can the listeners find you to follow along with your journey or learn more about you?
1: I would say the best place to find me is exactly where you found me, actually, which is on LinkedIn. So I am an absolute behind-the-scenes dietitian. I'm not active on Instagram or Facebook or a little bit on Twitter, but I'd say the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. So if you just search for my name, Felicity Curtin, that is where you'll find me.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Felicity. It's been such a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.